and welcome to Show and Tell. This is the show where we bring on a guest and we talk about something new and cool. Today's new and cool thing is No Thank You Evil, the newest game by Monty Cook Games. And our guest here to talk about this RPG aimed for young kids and parents alike is lead designer Shauna Germain. Shauna, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, very, very welcome. It's my pleasure. I've actually been trying to get you on, um, or Monty, or Bruce for a while now, and the, t- <laughs> the timing just hasn't worked out. You guys have always yeah. wrapped something up. You're always busy. Um, so it is absolutely our pleasure to have you on tonight. I'm sorry that our schedules are kind of crazy. That's unfortunate. <laughs> we, I feel like we're always missing really cool things that are happening because we're like, okay, if I could either make a book or I could do this other cool thing. And <laughs> well, you're, you're living the dream, though. I mean, you are literally doing what so many of us hope to. You're making a living, somewhat, of making games, <laughs> you know? I, how awesome is that? I feel very lucky. I really do. Awesome. Well, again, thank you. Um, so in case there is anyone out there that doesn't know who you are by name, if not by reputation, uh, give us a little history. How did you come into RPGs? What's your history with gaming? And then how did you get involved with Monty Cook Games? Well, my history with gaming started with Bunnies and Burrows <laughs> because I was a huge Watership Down fan. So that was my introduction, which I don't know why everyone thinks is hysterical, but I would just I really wanted to be a bunny. So, you know. Well, if you were eight or if you were 28, okay, because you didn't, you didn't give us an age. That might be the difference in that story. That's true. I was very young. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, And then when I was in high school, I played on the guys' soccer team and they all played D&D. And so we would canoe out to like some campground and we would run around in the woods and act out our characters and play D&D. And um, that was where I decided I didn't like to GM because the GM had to sit at the table and the rest of us got to run around like wild things, um, which of course has changed now because most people don't run around like wild things when they play anymore. But um, and that was my that was my introduction to D&D. And then uh, I, I sort of morphed into uh, more video games, MMOs for a while, just because I didn't have a play group. Um, and then I, when I started writing about games, I started writing nonfiction articles for like World of Warcraft magazine and places like that. And I started, um, I started becoming more involved with RPGs again. Um, and so I had, a, I started to have a crowd again, which is, you know, it's one of the hard things about being an adult and playing games that require more than, you know, more than just a computer is that it's hard to get people together. Uh, and then a few years after I started working in the game industry on the nonfiction side, um, Monty was talking about Numenera. He hadn't written it yet. He was just kind of toying with the idea. And, and he was sort of talking about how he was going to do this Kickstarter. And he didn't know if anyone would want this game. It was just going to be this little game that he's really excited about. And, and I sort of feel like I got suckered into being like, that sounds awesome. Let's do this little game that no one's going to care about. And then, uh, and then it delightfully kind of blew up in our faces. And, um, and so then we decided that we needed to a little help. And so we founded Monty Cook Games, uh, I think, three years ago now. Okay. And is it pretty much you, Monty, and now Bruce? Are you, are you the triumvirate of Monty Cook Games? We're the creative team. Uh, we now have six, there's six of us total now. And so we have Monty, Bruce, and I are the kind of the creati- creative team. Um, and then we have Charles Ryan and Tammy Ryan, who do, what, Charles is our COO, and Tammy does all of this amazing customer service and shipping and distribution and just crazy stuff. Um, and then we have a, an art director named Bear, uh, who does all the layout and graphic design. And so we've just sort of slowly been <laughs> expanding, like, okay, we have more work for than two of us can handle. Okay, now we have more work than three of us can handle. Um, this is probably as big as we can get, uh, you know, unless we start somehow mass producing tons and tons of stuff, which is not our goal. So there, it'll probably be six of us for a while. Well, you know, but that's still a good problem to have when you're like, we have too much awesome stuff. We need to more people. <laughs> 
and, and we don't have the skills. We're like, I don't know how to just do, you know, delivery for a Kickstarter. We need somebody who knows how to do that. So you basically, you kind of, uh, you've, you've gathered some other creative people around you and some people who are good at the things that you need. You founded Monty Cook Games. Your first game was Numenera, uh, which was based off of the Cypher system. Is that basically how you that say that? Yeah, that was so. That's the game system that Numenera is based on. Yes. And then the Strange is also uses the same system, and it's um, similar to Numenera, but it's uh, yeah, I haven't played it yet. Though I do have some games scheduled. Darcy, I don't. I, oh you know yeah, Darcy Darcy's amazing. Yeah, that's she's exciting. Gonna, she's going to GM a game with RPG gamer dad and myself. Oh, nice. And then uh, she's also probably going to do one in addition to our show and tell episodes. We do something called the Trials, and that's where we try out new games. And she's going to run a trial of The Strange for us. So oh, we'll have, to have an actual play. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Shout out, Darcy, RPG Gamer Dad. Yeah, she's a fantastic GM, too. That'll be so much fun. So is No Thank You Evil, because, again, that's what we're kind of talking about tonight. Is it based off of the Cypher system as well? Is it like a primer for those games? Is it different? You know, it's interesting because every game has taken the Cypher system and morphed it slightly. So Numenera, of course, is, is the core of how we started with the Cypher system. And then the Strange, we had to add things like translations. So you could go from one place to another, like all these little pocket worlds. And so we had to tweak the rules just a little bit for that. And then um, we've been working on the Cypher system rulebook, which is kind of our third core book. And that's kind of a, a setting agnostic book. So you can, be in, you can play sci-fi or dinosaurs or horror. And so, again, we had to tweak the rules to allow for those kinds of possibilities. Um, so No Thank You Evil is sort of another rule tweak where we we, we keep all the basic premises um, and basically we just, we, we kind of pared it down, um, we did a ton of research on kids' developmental levels and kind of what they can read, what they can understand, how much patience they have, how long their attention spans are, um, and we kind of just tweaked the cipher system rules so that it was really easy for even a 14-year-old to run, because that was our goal, was that older kids could run it. And, and that parents wouldn't feel like they had to pay attention to all these rules while they were trying to manage a table full of kids. Um, and then giving kids all kinds of creative freedom within set parameters. And so we basically, you know, it isn't so much that we pared down the cipher system as it is that we, I mean, that was part of it, but we also kind of really reworked it um, to the way that families play together and, and think about gaming. Okay. And I think I have caused us to jump around, which Again, if you listen to our shows, that's very common for me. I have a co-host <laughs> that usually keeps me in line, but he wasn't able to make it tonight. So let's take a step back. What is? Sorry. Uh, no, it's it's totally my <laughs> fault. But so, what is No Thank You Evil? Like, I know it's your newest <laughs> product, but, but what what is it? And then we will explain some of the details of it, I guess. Oh, so No Thank You Evil is our is our game designed specifically for families. Um, and the way that we did it, like I said, we did it. We've done a ton of research into sort of how kids play, how families play together. And so our big goal was. You know, if you have five five-year-olds in a group, like if you have a scout group or a school group, you know, t having all those kids at the table is pretty easy. It's pretty easy to make ro rules for five five-year-olds, even if they're kind of all over the spectrum and, and disabilities and things like that. But if you're a family, you probably have a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, you know, so your the age ranges of your kids are all, the, all across the board. And so in creating this game, we wanted to make rules that were flexible so that you could play with the five-year-old and the eight-year-old and your 14-year-old could learn how to play the game. And so what we really did was we created a game that's actually not just for kids, but actually for families. Um, and we tried to put a lot of humor in it so that parent, there's something for parents too, so that they're not just like, oh no, not that game again <laughs> when the kids want to play it. Um, and so we really tried to, to make it so that it, it's an enjoyable experience. 
And that came out of seeing lots and lots of families play Numenera and the Strange. Um, and of course, you have to really rules hack and setting hack both of those games to play it with your kids because they're kind of dark and they're very adult themed in, in that sort of like, you know, there's a lot of death and horror and um, and atmosphere. And and so, you know, we, we heard a lot of parents who are playing Disney princesses, uh, you know, in the Numenera game rule system. And so we thought, we all right, well, we just want to make our own version of that and see if it's something that parents uh, want and, and if it's something that will work for kids. Okay. And that was one of the things I wanted to, to touch on. So the the concept behind No Thank You Evil was sort of a combination of seeing that people were already trying to take the software system and you said, okay, well, let's just let's just make it for that. So that it wasn't like you just sat down and said, hey, let's make a game for kids as much as you saw that, that people were already trying and you just wanted to help them do it better. Is that yeah, because the rule system, the Cypher rule system is so simple that, it, you know, we, we were surprised to see so many parents playing with their kids. Um, and so, but it makes sense right? because it's simple. But again, the setting was really not designed for, for young kids or, or even, you know, it's not really designed for uh, like teenagers unless they're, you know, they're, they're pretty comprehensive and aware and, and f- as far as what's going on in the world and stuff like that. And so we, we just saw that they had to do a lot of, of setting hacking, which, you know, parents the parents that were doing it really loved. But we kind of thought, oh, wouldn't that be great if we could help them and make this sort of world that was super imaginative and really engaging. We got artists involved who, who got kids' attention and, and really excited them. Um, and, you know, we had kind of what we thought was the perfect title for the game. <laughs> and so after sort of, I don't know, we kind of talked about it and we we're like, well, yeah, this would be fun. And then... And then the cool thing for me is we started hearing players who were playing with their kids who are on the autism spectrum. Um, and the reason that they were able to do this is because uh, Numenera is so flexible in so many ways that the, that the players could be re- rewarded for whatever their strengths were. And so, you know, we know that a lot of kids on the autism spectrum struggle with games because they're either really verbal and the kid isn't, or they're not verbal and the kid is. And so, by by learning from what those parents were doing, we were able to say, okay, you know what, we can make something we can make something that's actually designed for them. And so we, we looked a lot at, at autism and Asperger's um, and dyslexia, right? Because kids can't read adult RPGs very often, not just because there's tons and tons of words and charts and math, but because it, so many RPG books are beautiful, but they're really hard to read. They have these really ornate fonts. I have trouble reading them. <laughs> yeah. Really small type. I'm getting too old for that small type, um, and really ornate fonts, and and so we wanted to make something that you know older kids could start reading. That you know we lo- know that kids love reading bestiaries, and we we're like, wow, what if we could make something that was super kid friendly and they could just really dive into it? And then, again, I think that's awesome. And um, you know, I sent you the email where I was like, I want to, you know, I want to talk to you about this game. And part of that is, as I said in that first email, I have two young kids myself. I have a five year old and a just turned four year old, and I'm. I'm worried about how do I introduce them to gaming because it's not anything I've ever done with my parents. My parents, you know, it's a thing I did. They didn't like, you know, try to keep me from it, but they had no interest or no desire. They didn't know what what I was doing. But RPGs are by far my number one hobby. Other than maybe watching TV, it's probably the thing <laughs> that I've done more of in my life, other than maybe sleeping, you know, because I, I have so many friends that all, I'm only friends with them because we play together. And, yeah. you know, obviously I'm at the end of the spectrum because I do the hobby podcast. But even without that, I still was playing all the time. And I think about it all the time and I write about it all the time. So long story, not really short, but shorter. 
is I didn't want to make a bad introduction. I was afraid that if I pushed it on the kids and they had a bad experience that I would push them away and make it, you know, I ruin it for them because I want to share that with them. Um, and we've already said, but RPG Gamer Dad is a, you know, a Twitter friend of mine. We're in the same uh, podcasting network. And another friend of mine, uh, Paul, who goes by Cowboy Centaur, both of them play games with their kids all the time. And they keep telling me, you've got to start, you got to start, you just got to start. So I finally did like two or three weeks ago. I just had a free form story exercise with my kids. They played the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I would just say, okay, what are you doing? We're fighting Shredder. Okay. Where are you fighting Shredder? And and they were just, you know, they basically, and I'm sure they were just regurgitating the the TV show because I'm a terrible father. I let them watch that. And, uh, but you know, it it lasted for like 10 minutes and then it kind of faded away and I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. And then like a week later, just out of nowhere, my oldest son says, can we play the story game again? And my heart just Uh-oh. melted. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like the, the greatest moment in the world. So I'm really oh. excited to see that there are games out there that are hopefully going to help me because this was completely free for me. I mean, there was no rolling. It was just I said something, they said something. So how are you incorporating the rules into a, a story type game like like what is the balance between kids just making up whatever crazy thing they want to versus no there's a there's a number you have to roll and and that kind of thing well the way that we really did that is by by giving flexible parameters which is kind of an oxymoron but you know so for example you know we have kind of character types right and one of the character types is a spy but if your kid wants to be a ninja or a jedi or whatever he wants to be that sort of spy like you just take the the sort of pools and the settings of the spy and you call him a ninja um and so what we did was we we basically set out the really specific things but then are giving parents or guides the the tools that they need to just be able to say yes right because that's so important and so we discovered that the important part for kids is having choices, but not too many choices, right? And and yet having sort of parameters so that they understand what is expected of them. Um, and then the other thing that we did is when, so we made it so that when you roll the die, you know, we didn't use a D20, even though I love D20 so much. And this was actually a very hard decision for me. Um, but, you know, we talked, Monty and I talked about it a lot. And we realized that a D6 was the way to go because it doesn't require math. It's not complicated. And then kids who are older can move up to a D20 if they want to, because it just sort of scales. And so everything's on a D6. And if you get it, if you roll the six, something awesome and cool and special happens. And then you can you can make choices to sort of help each other on their on your roles, and and so you can spend points from what's called your awesome pool to help another player and to make it easier for another player. And so there's all these ways in which we're giving players this sort of autonomy, these choices, and and then we're rewarding them for their creativity. So if you know rather than say no, you have to be a spy it's really easy for parents to say, no, you can be a ninja and just use the exact same setup and they don't have to change anything and they don't have to tweak the numbers. Um, and so there's a lot of flexibility and yet uh, a lot of rules, not a lot of rules, but a lot of, you know, a lot of guidance on how to use those rules. Okay. So my thought here is then let's say that I'm not a gamer, uh, but my, my kids have shown interest in this. Um, so I'm just a dad who's like, oh, this sounds like a fun game. Like, are there going to be like like an adventure, like a, a starter kit? So if I could sit down with my kids because they want to play and run an adventure for them, like what kind of um, tools and resources do you have for the non-gamer who wants to introduce their kids? 
That's a great question. And we picked, we purposely did play tests with non-gamers because we wanted to see like, all right, you don't know anything. You've never played an RPG. You pick this up. Now you're wrangling your kids. You're learning a new game and you're trying to figure out what RPG even means. Can you, can you handle all the things that we're going to throw at you? And we found that the way to help that is, so we have an adventure book. That was one of our stretch goals. And the first adventure holds your hand really carefully. And so it's designed not just for brand new RPG players, but also for young guides. So if, you know, if you're a parent who plays a lot of RPGs and your 14 year old wants to try to run the game, it's also designed for them. And so it, it tells you what to read. It tells you, it gives you hints all along the way of like, okay, you come to this thing, here are the, here are the three options to give the players. And so you are guiding the players in how to play an RPG while it's, we're also guiding you in how to run one. Um, and so we've, we ran that play test, uh, that adventure through play test with a whole bunch of parents who had never run RPGs and kind of figured out what, what caused them problems, right? Because is it language? Is it, you know, that they don't understand how to do this? And in some ways, it's actually easier because one of the things about the cipher system is that GMs never roll the dice. And when you have brand new players, they don't know that they're supposed to be rolling dice. So they don't even, they don't have that bump at all. Um, and so sometimes it's easier teaching brand new players how to play the cipher system. And sometimes it's actually more, more difficult. Um, and so, and we also have a chapter on how to GM. Um, and so we introduce you sort of step-by-step. Step. And again, that's written not just for brand new parent, or, you know, brand new role players, but also for older kids who want to GM. So it's very clear and concise, uh, a lot of hand-holding. Um, and GMs who run games with their kids regularly probably won't even need to do more than skim that chapter because they probably know all that stuff. Sure, but uh, hopefully <laughs> we're going to bring uh, parents and kids uh, into the hobby um, mm -hmm. with this. So... Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the, the game itself, um, you know, outside of the mechanics. Cause my, uh, my nickname on the podcast is Pro Professor Fluff because I'm all about the story. Rules be damned. <laughs> Who cares? As long as everybody's having fun. So the game is set in the world of Storia. Storia, the land next door. And so right now we have four sections um, and you, the, the players get to those worlds from their bedroom. So they can go into the closet and they, be, they, come, they enter sort of a fairy tale world that has a lot of fairy tale elements. Uh, we know a lot of our players want to play, you know, princesses and princess and wizards. And so, you know, you can go into that space and encounter those kind of things. Um, we have a land called Out the Out the Window, and that's more sort of uh, modern. So there's uh, the IFO, which is the Identified Flying Object, um, and there's Boom Laboratories, and there's all kinds of like modern day. There's a shipwreck, and there's a like a mate like a huge maze. It's all electronics and lights, and so there's lots of real world modern day elements. If you want to fly a spaceship, if you want to drive a fast car, those that's the kind of place that you go for that. Um, and then there's two other places, one that's more story. And so that kind of fits everything um, and anything. And it's it's kind of, if you can open a storybook and find a character in that, that's probably in that world. And then there's Under the Bed, which is a little scarier, a little darker, clearly designed more for older kids. Uh, you're probably not going to want to take your five-year-old under the bed unless, you know, they really like scary things. And then you just tone it down a little bit. Um, and that has places like the Ghoul School and the Skeleton Keys and, and things that are still fun, but that have a little bit of a darker kind of turn to them. And that is actually the one that appeals to me the most. <laughs> I have a bit of a dark side and I, I could actually see my kids enjoying that one more than some of the others. But that's actually one of the things that I really, really liked uh, having listened to you on a couple other podcasts talking about it. I really like the idea of starting the game in your bedroom and each time you play, you get to give the children a choice. Or do you want to go out the window tonight? Do you want to go in the closet or under the bed? 
And I just, I don't know, there's something about that that just really appeals to the storyteller in me. And I just, I think that's genius. So whoever came up with that, I'll give you credit. <laughs> You're a genius. I think that was Monty and I together. And, and yes, he definitely is. He is the genius behind this. I just, you know, I'm the creative wild. Well, actually he is too. So <laughs> you put the two of us together and things just kind of start exploding. Uh, so looking at the Kickstarter page and uh, you guys have already funded. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to try to turn this episode around pretty quickly so it'll come out before the Kickstarter is over. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. You are working towards some stretch goals. And I think, you know, Monty Cook Games have have spoiled us uh, with some of your Kickstarters, uh, the Numenera <laughs> box set. Oh, my I gosh. Want you, I want you to know that I backed that having never played Numenera because I was like, that's just <laughs> too cool. I've played one time since then, but uh, I just based off of uh, the the stories I t- had heard about it, uh, word of mouth, and just it was such a cool thing uh, that I have one of those on the way. So, what are some awesome stretch goals that you guys are hoping to unlock in the next couple weeks? Well, the ones that we've hit so far are the adventure book and reusable character sheets, uh, which we found that with kids don't like messy character sheets, they want to erase rather than cross out. And so we were like, all right, we need to, <laughs> we need to find a solution for this. And so they're laminated and they're reusable. And then next up we have um, hero stuff, which is like a, a collection of things like a t-shirt and a squirt gun um, and a water bottle and things that are actually in the game that the, the characters use that they also get to use um, uh, in the real world if they want to. And then after that, we have a storybook. And the storybook is is called Lucy Lawful and the Awful Waffle. And, <laughs> it, is, um, and it is designed to be read to the players um, probably before the first game. So you could read it the night before or a couple days before. And it introduces them to the world, some of the characters. Um, and it, it introduces them to the adventures because one of the things that, that we've done is we've made the adventures follow kind of a formula because kids like to know kind of how long things take and what point they're at, you know, and are they at, at the third point or, the, or how close are they to the end? And so for parents and children to whom that's important, we wanted to provide sort of a structure. And so this storybook also introduces them kind of to the structure of a of an adventure. And at the very end, Lucy Lawful has a new problem. And so it leads right into an adventure that the kids can actually play. And so you could read it the night before, you introduce them to Lucy and the characters and the world. And then the next day you can sit down and say, okay, now we're gonna help Lucy do this thing. And it's kind of designed to, to engage the kids and to engage parents, right? You get a chance to read together. Um, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of great art that we have. And so the ability to put art in there and, and allow kids to sort of look at that themselves uh, away from the gaming table, I think is is important part of sort of integrating and, and getting them involved in the experience. Oh, and we have um, we have a ton more stretch goals, but I don't think I can talk about them yet because we haven't announced them. Oh, but no. I really, uh, uh, but there's so many that I, I really hope we hit. But um, okay, so I, I will talk about it. Yes, we're going to we're going to show pictures tomorrow. <laughs> so and one of the things that is sort of our really big high end stretch goal that we uh, are just very much hoping to hit is in the game. Every character has something called an I got your backpack. And it basically is a blue monster backpack, although they come in all colors and shapes and sizes that you take with you. And it hands you the things that you need, its little little furry arms and it also tells you when something's behind you so it kind of meeps or makes a little noise when there's a creature coming from behind and then you carry all your stuff in it 
And we got this fantastic company who also made um, these Chester plushies for uh, Don't Starve. I don't know if you know that video game, but it's a fantastic video game. And they made these really ch lovely Chester plushies. And we contacted them and said, would you be interested in making you know, these these backpacks? And so we, we got a prototype of the backpack made. Oh, <laughs> and it nice. looks so amazing. And so we're really, really hoping that that's, but it's it's a very expensive product. And so it's yeah, the kind sure. of product that we can't really offer as a stretch goal unless we have a sense that a certain number of people would be willing to add it on. So it's kind of a complicated one that we're really excited about, but it's a little hard to know if we'll hit it. We still do have it at the point that we're talking about now, we still have a couple of weeks left. So, so I don't know. So I'm very excited and we have pictures of the prototype to show and uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed at this point because that'd be pretty awesome. Well, that does sound amazing now again you guys have a history of doing very well with kickstarters uh but we don't want to rest on our laurels so other <laughs> than than my audience rushing out and backing your product which i already have i've already backed this one as well um, because i'm very excited about playing this with my kids what else can we do to help you i know you guys have some like media presence goals as well if you get so much uh, media or social attention like uh, how can we help you with that well, I would say that the important thing is to, to spread the word. And, you know, part of the reason is because, so we have great, I mean, I love our fans and our backers so much. They're so fantastic. Um, but a lot of them are actually too young to have kids. And so our, our sort of core fan base, the people that often back our Kickstarters, aren't actually uh, are, uh, a big audience for No Thank You Evil, which is part of the reason I'm so delighted we're doing as well as we are, because it means that we're kind of spreading the message beyond um, into a lot of, you know, people I'm guessing who don't play RPGs, which is so cool. It's sort of like the gateway drug, you know? <laughs> come, come a little closer. <laughs> 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 um, and I, and so I would say, like, even if you don't, even if you don't back the Kickstarter, or you know, if it's not right for you, like telling your telling your friends who have kids, um, you, you know, we're one of the other stretch goals that I, I am hoping that we would be able to put out there um, is donating. Uh, books for free to libraries and schools. Uh, we did that with Numenera um, and we've gotten permission from Kickstarter to do that again. And so that's a, again, a high-end stretch goal because it's really expensive. Um, but something like that, you know, those are the kinds of stretch goals that we can hit if we get enough people. And so sharing the word, you know, with teachers and sharing the word with librarians and, and the people who, for whom that's kind of a, an important big deal would, is, is always awesome. I mean, that's just such a big part of Kickstarter is getting the word out beyond beyond sort of the circles that you already know how to touch. Okay, very, very cool. So again, audience, you heard that. Um, first, go back <laughs> it, and then go tell people. If you don't have kids, get started on that. And then... Uh, <laughs> no, wait, I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, did, I, did I misunderstand that? Okay. I, I did have this, this terrible vision of like, uh, you know, the, the tropey mother-in-law that wants to know when her daughter-in-law is going to have kids. Oh, no. <laughs> and giving, giving them this gift. I, like that's the hint that you should be having kids, but uh, oh we'll goodness. stay positive. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of things I want to touch on uh, last before we go. And then again, obviously, if there's anything I missed, I'll let you uh, kind of play catch up. Uh, when when can we expect to see it? I mean, I've backed it. It looks awesome. I think it's an amazing product. I'm super excited. When will I actually touch it? <laughs> You know, it's funny that, that kids are asking that. Like, there was a there was a story about a kid who was like, "Is no thank you evil on that UPS truck?" <laughs> and like, the dad had to explain that no, we hadn't finished it yet. And uh, those stories are just like, I feel so bad that we they're not it's not ready now. And at the same time, like, it's just so wonderful to hear that they're so excited. Um, our goal is February of 2016 um, to have the box set 
out and in your hands, which is a long time um, away for kids. You know, for for people who have kids, you know, your kid's going to be a year older by the time it arrives. So that's that's definitely something that we don't think about so much with adult gamers. But if you back at the no thank you patience level, you can actually get the rules and everything to start playing as soon as the Kickstarter is over. Uh, that's just like a digital file with the um, you know the character sheets and that kind of stuff. And then I'm guessing that the PDF version, which everyone that backs the box the box version also gets the PDF. Um, that'll probably be ready like in December, I'm guessing. And so uh, the, the actual PDF stuff to start playing will be ready earlier than the boxes will arrive. Um, it's just a matter of putting all the pieces. And of course, it depends on how many stretch goals we hit. Like, you know, there's a chance it could go earlier, but sort of unfortunately, the one bad part about hitting lots of stretch goals is it, it sometimes takes a little bit longer, but definitely by February. Okay, very, very cool. And then I kind of already know the story but I think it's awesome. So I want you to tell everybody where the name came from. <laughs> it's such a fantastic story. Um, so one of our, so Charles, who is who works at MCG and Tammy, they have a daughter named Olivia. And when Olivia was about one, she was at a daycare where they were teaching, they were trying to teach them how to be more polite. And so instead of just screaming no at the top of their lungs, the teachers were suggesting to the kids that they say no thank you. And so they j instead basically screamed no thank you at the top of their lungs because <laughs> that's how kids' brains work, right? It's not no, it's no thank you. And so Olivia was at a store with her dad and they were playing the X-Men on TV, like as they do. And she was asking him like, what the, you know, what's that man doing, daddy? And so he was like, how do I explain superheroes to a one-year-old? How do I explain justice? What am I going to tell her? And so basically he said, oh, that man is fighting evil. And so Olivia just shook her finger at the TV and said, no, thank you, evil. <laughs> and the first time we heard that story, we just were like, oh my God, that would make the most amazing kids game. And then, of course, did a lot of other things in between because we had a ton of things on our schedule. But then when we started hearing all the players who were already playing with their kids, that idea, you know, it was just sort of that moment of, oh, you know, we already have a, we already have a name for this. I guess that means that we, ha you know, once you name something, you own it. And so <laughs> at that point, we had to kind of go forward and, and make it happen. Yeah, that is an amazing story. And I, having kids, I can totally see how that could happen. And uh, I just I think that's awesome. I love that. So we gave Olivia, one of the artists made an image of her that's in the game since we named it after her. Because she's, I think, nine or ten now. Um, so she's she's quite a bit older and, and actually doesn't remember the story. Of it, oh. but, <laughs> but, she, um, but she is in the game as a character. So. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. All right. So what is next for Monty Cook Games? So once uh, No Thank You Evil is wrapped up, what's next on your plate? Um, what can I talk about? <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because we're always working on things so far ahead. Like we were working on Thank You Evil for about a year before I could talk about it. So uh, we have all these things uh, that we're working on um, that I can't quite talk about yet. So we came out with something called Weird Discoveries for Numenera not that long ago, which is sort of a, an instant adventure, kind of like you pick up the book, you need five minutes of prep, and then you play. Um, and so we've been working on something very similar like that for The Strange, because uh, it was a, it was such a hit, and people really like the fact that you, you don't have to do a lot of prep, that you can just sort of pick it up. Um, so we've been working on that. Uh, and then for Gen Con, we have coming out the Cypher System Rulebook and World's Normal Listen Strange, which is the uh, strange world book, which is full of all kinds of crazy weird recursions and tons of maps and tons of art. And so the, those are the two books that we are just sort of sending off to the printer in the next week or so, fingers crossed. <laughs> so that you do expect those to be available at Gen Con then? 
that's our plan. Um, you know, all things, all things going smoothly. Uh, that that would be ideal. <laughs> I'm not going to jinx it and say for sure because that is the way in which everything will fall apart. But I com that's completely the plan. understand, hundred <laughs> percent. All right. So as I as I warned you ahead of time, I I do have our little choose your own adventure game we need to play at the end. But uh, last option, is there anything I didn't ask or anything that I didn't cover that you would like to you know have a chance to get out before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think this has been fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So for those of you who've, who've stuck around for a little while, you know that we have recently started playing a choose your own adventure game with some of our guests. Because what happened is we, we would always ask our guests, you know, what's one piece of advice you would give a new player or a new DM? And it was, it started becoming it was the same thing every time, you know, focus on fun, don't worry about the rules, you know, relax, which is great advice, <laughs> but you can only get that so many times. Um, so we started a choose your own adventure. And so far in the story that you're, I think only our third guest that we've done this with, uh, is we have chosen our profession. We are a wizard and we were sent out to do a trial of courage by our master. And, uh, the first choice that was made is there was supposedly a secret, uh, entrance into this cave network. Uh, but since he was told specifically that this was a trial of courage, he decided to go through the front and not try to find the secret door. Uh, so that is where we pick up your portion of the story. So knowing that this was a test of courage, you have forsaken the chance of searching for the secret entrance, and you've walked straight into the mouth, this open maw of the tunnel. A few feet inside, you feel a tingle, as though you stepped through an invisible wall of force, and you can hear your master's voice saying, you have done well, but courage can only take you so far. Or laying in front of you on four short pedestals, you are to choose either... A dagger with a well-worn handle but very sharp blade. A scroll in an unknown language. A lantern given off a soft reddish glow. Or a dark onyx pebble. So what are you going to choose to take further into this cavern? Oh, I'm going to choose that pebble. Ooh. I like onyx. <laughs> Excellent. And that's the game. You'll have to listen to future episodes to know what that means. <laughs> oh, that's so unfair. I want to know now. <laughs> awesome. Well, Shauna, thank you so much for your time. It was a real pleasure. Um, I can't, uh, again, thank you enough uh, for what you guys do. I love what Money Cook Games is doing. I love what you guys stand for. And uh, if there's anything we can ever do to help you publicize anything else, please keep us in mind. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Oh, thank you. And good night. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize, but we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. 
Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Yeah.